1: Sports Yak Podcast brought to you by Look Trailers. Searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders. Starting at $21 to $25 per hour. Located only 24 minutes from Goshen, 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Visit looktrailers.com. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. Do you
3: like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak.
1: Welcome to episode 310 of the Sports Yak podcast. Oh,
3: that's the old Hoss Radburn episode. Hoss Radburn. Old Hoss Radburn. Man, oh man, are you going to love this story, Corey. So... Old Hoss Radburn is a pitcher for a team called the Providence Grays, which was a major league team at the time. 1883, he wins 48 games. Okay, But let's take you into 1884. Radburn is a pitcher on the Providence Grays, and so is Charlie Sweeney. And they're alternating starts. And Radburn and Charlie Sweeney hated each other's guts. Oh, boy. So Radburn somehow gets suspended from the team. Um, They fought in the clubhouse, and then he was, Radburn's accused of throwing a game by throwing slow slow pitches, and he gets suspended for a week. Well, in the meantime, Charlie Sweeney's an alcoholic. So he starts drinking before the game on July 22nd that he's pitching in and continues drinking between innings. Wow. He's got a 6-2 lead in the seventh. (laughs) The manager goes out to try to take him out of the game. The pitcher verbally attacks the manager and refuses to leave the mound. So he storms off the field, goes and sits in the stands in the company of two prostitutes, and watches his team lose the game. (laughs) Well, that was a little too much for the Providence Grays. So they go back to Old Hoss Radburn. They call him back early? And Old Hoss makes a deal with the team. He says, for a pay raise, he will start every game the rest of the season. Which is what he does. He pitches, (laughs) he starts and completes 40 of the next 43 games. Including 20 complete games in a row at one point. It got to the point where he was unable to lift his arm to comb his hair in the morning. But that season... Old Hoss Radburn was 59-12, and 12, 73 complete games, a 1.38 ERA, and he struck out 441 batters. Now, here's the other thing that makes Old Hoss Radburn famous. So that was 1884. In 1886, he's pitching for the Boston Bean Eaters. In the team picture... He flips off the camera. (laughs) All of a sudden, I like this guy a lot. He's a rebel. So he gets done with his playing days. He opens a billiards parlor and a saloon in Bloomington, Illinois. Very successful. A lot of people come to see Radburn. But he lost an eye in a gun accident, and he was very vain about his appearance. So he would just sit in the back. Lots of times with the door closed, wouldn't allow people to come in and see Mm. him, and then died at a young age of 42. But old Hoss Radburn, episode number 310, we have a lot to live up to.
1: He was a young Ross when that story started. He was a young Hoss, (laughs) became an old Hoss. I love that. There's leadership moments in there, though. Going back to the clubhouse going, for this much pay raise, I'll start every game. And, Get that guy out of here. Yeah. Let's win some ball.
0: Wow. And he did. And
1: he did. And he took him to the World Series. Old Haas. Radburn. I wonder if he's got a, a ball card. It probably has the picture on it from 1886. You know what? We're going to need to Google that. I know this is an audio show. Old Haas. Radburn. Radburn. There. Radburn. Radburn uh, card. I'm just going to call it a card obscene baseball card sells for a shocking nine thousand dollars yeah is that that's That's, probably the
3: one huh that's probably the one yeah he did that again in 1887 oh there it
1: is yeah a little something for you yeah he could have easily said i was adjusting my belt loop yes i was holding up my pants no he was not no he was giving you the salute. So, kids,
3: you you youngsters out there listening, we don't necessarily condone the actions of old hoss Radburn, certainly not the actions of Charlie Sweeney. No. But, nevertheless, you needed to know. And, yes, he won 310 games in his big league career.
2: Family Broadcasting Corporation, the going in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents oh Sports Yak. Oh. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way. It is good. It's good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be Chuck Freeby. Forever!
1: Great to have you back, birthday
3: boy. Good to be back. Uh, you and I both had baseball adventures over the weekend. That's so right. let's regale the citizenry with those tales. Saturday, you and I sat only a section apart. I assume you got your tickets with your companions, with your amigos.
1: Got a last-minute phone call at about noon that said, hey, you want to watch a baseball game? And I'm like, I'd love to go today. Weather was... Kind of on the money? Yeah. Put a hoodie on and sat out in center field? 60-degree day,
3: left center field seats at Four Winds Field for the exhibition between the Cubs alternates and the White Sox alternates. What did you think of the entire experience?
1: I thought we were seeing a much better played baseball than what we're used to at Four Winds Field. Um, I, uh, I was interested more in the conversation with my friends than I was the game. That's fine. <laughs> But, uh, That's,
3: I, but baseball is perfect for that. Yeah.
1: I enjoyed being out on the field, and the game kind of ended, and I wasn't ready for it to end. It felt like it ended a little short.
3: It went along at a very snappy pace, I thought. Yeah. Uh,
1: I thought that was
3: good. The I thought the South Bend Cubs kind of tamped down some of the things that they normally do between innings. Yes. My guess is because they're not officially sponsored yet. These aren't South Bend Cubs games that necessarily have – Sponsors tied to some of the marketing activities. Uh, they did trot out McGill for a couple of things and they did some things on the scoreboard, but otherwise it was, it kind of had a more of a spring training vibe, which is kind of what that game was. Yes. It didn't count in the standings for anything. I thought it was great that we're getting to see some of the AAA players because. At least three or four of them on the Cubs Had played in the big leagues before Cameron Maben, who was out in left field Saw him Who I instructed how to properly wear his sunglasses Cameron's struggling with a fly ball Hit to left in the second inning He's fighting the sun Yeah, he was Yeah, and I, and I yelled after he caught the ball Try wearing the sunglasses on your face Not the back of your cap
1: How'd that go? He wore his sunglasses on his face the rest of the game <laughs> We saw Nico out there. Nico
3: Horner had some time with the big league club. Of course, spent a little time, a couple of weeks in South Bend last year. Terrific talent. Uh, Vargas, who has played with the Cubs, he came and and played throughout that game. So I think you're accurate. Better talent than what we're used to seeing in South Bend. These guys just uh, a sniff away from the big leagues.
1: The question was asked in my section, and I didn't want to bother you because it was your it's day. Fine. Where do these players go after this is all done? Do they head to Iowa? Yeah.
3: The Iowa Cubs is the Cubs AAA affiliate. Uh, the White Sox are currently... Their alternate site is based in Schaumburg, even though they don't have an affiliation there. Schaumburg's letting them use the facility. Uh, but I believe the White Sox AAA team is in Charlotte, okay, North Carolina. So
1: I've been to that Schaumburg field before. So that was...
3: Saturday. That was the Saturday minor league experience. Sunday we made the trek to the friendly confines, my wife and my daughters for my actual birthday celebration. At Wrigley Field, we had seats in the last row of the terrace reserved, which is the last row of the lower deck. You're well underneath the roof of the upper deck. What's the number? Two hundreds, three hundreds? Yeah, you're in the two hundred section.
1: Okay.
3: And first baseline. First baseline, there' a little bit of a problem with a post between um, yourself and the field. That's going to happen when you sit back there. That's why those seats are less expensive, mm-hmm. which is why we're buying those seats, because they're less expensive. Nevertheless, um, just a different kind of Wrigley Field experience. These days, when you go to the friendly confines, you've been used to crowds of 40,000. These were more like the crowds of my youth <laughs> when when the Cubs weren't good and people didn't necessarily flock to the corner of Clark and Addison. So they've limited it to 25% attendance these days at Wrigley Field. Pod-style seating. They know how many people are coming and what seats they're in. So they zip-tie the other seats so that you're not moving around or sprawling uh, to other places. Mm. The nice thing is... like. It was warm enough for the jacket that I had I didn't need, so I could just throw my jacket over the seat in front of me because I could tell nobody's going to be sitting there. Uh, they do. They did come around one time just like they did at the South Bend Cubs game and asked people to put their masks back on. People complied, then the usher left, and then they stopped complying. Mm-hmm. You're outdoors. You're more than six feet apart from people. And... Quite frankly, if you're eating or drinking, you can't wear the mask anyway. Yeah, and lots of times at the ball game, you're
1: eating and drinking. The the time the the exactly the time I threw away my lemonade, the usher was on me going, "Hey, can you put that mask on?" I was like, "Really? Okay, I'll play along." Bye. Yeah.
3: I and, get it. And I get it. I mean, the usher at the Cubs game was very good in explaining, hey, the city of Chicago is keeping an eye on this. Yeah, they are. They're they're really monitoring us closely, so we are really asking you to comply. And, and you know, people complied, and then the usher went away. And, look, where we're sitting, we're not going to be on camera. Nobody's going to see us. So, mm-hmm. um, But the experience was unique in the fact that Man, you know, there, there's not a lot of people around you. Uh, the ballpark isn't quite as loud and as lively as it is. And, of course, it wasn't loud or lively after the top of the first when Atlanta didn't air. I was waiting for air raid sirens to go off. I really was, the way <laughs> Kyle Hendricks was giving up home runs. Oof. Freddie Freeman hit one off one of the buildings across Sheffield Avenue. That's how much he got into his. And the day before wasn't it like It was the exact opposite of the score the day before. Yeah. Cubs won 13 to 4 on Saturday. Got us all fired up. We go, they lose 13 to 4 on Sunday. Play again tonight against the Mets, I believe. That's what's scheduled. You've seen the forecast. I've seen the forecast. Do you really think the Cubs are playing the Mets tonight at Wrigley?
1: I I don't Forecasts have been wrong in our well, area.
3: the forecasts have been right, too, and it doesn't matter. Like, on opening day, we said, well, there's no way the Tigers would be playing. And they played with the snow flying <laughs> at Comerica Park. Mm. So, unique experience as far as the concessions were concerned at Wrigley Field they have a number of options for you if if you decide what you want before the fifth inning you can actually have the food brought to your seat i was
1: gonna say is there an app or is there a
3: there's an app the mlb.com slash ballpark app you can get that in the apple store for free and uh, you download that and then you can order you can order to pick it up right away at the stand you can order that way you can have it brought to your seat or you can just go to the stand and and get what you want.
1: Did you get a cool tchotchke? First hundred people in the park, kind of thing. No, there wasn't any of that. Mm. Okay,
3: so uh, the parking situation was a lot easier because there's only ten thousand fans, so there's not yeah. the struggle for parking that
1: there about, normally is. How about that street with all the bars? Was it was it still bustling? It was still
3: bustling. There were okay. there were still people in the bars and and things like that. There are still people around the ballpark just want the experience. They whether it's being able to say that they were there or the people watching yeah. or whatever the case, there just weren't as many. You've been to Wrigley before. You know how packed those concourses get yes. with people. Wasn't that way at all. And, you know, from that standpoint, kind of nice. Yeah, You could get in and out of places very well. Um, on the other hand, it does, it does tend to tamp down the atmosphere a little bit
1: i'll just throw this out there i did it once before i don't know if they're doing it again i haven't done my homework but if you ever get a chance to take a tour of wrigley on an off day mm-hmm. go ahead and do that it's a lot of fun kind of seeing everything
3: yeah i've done that my my son peter uh got me that and i oh, enjoyed nice. that very much
1: yeah and we had our our new friend ron on who was one of the tour guides oh that's right a few episodes back sure yeah well you ready to get into the uh, day's headlines
3: sure Uh The thing that seems to have most people talking, even though they also realize that it's uh, looking ahead to the future, is that Indiana and Notre Dame have decided to play a home-and-home football series. But not now. Oh, gosh, no, don't do that when there's high interest in the Hoosier program. Let's wait 10 years and see how it'll be. So 2030 and 2031, the Irish and the Hoosiers will play one another
1: speaking of indiana just real quick off to off a little tangent here Mm -hmm. your thoughts on the alleged 70 million dollar contract with the celtics coach i don't think it was kicked around
3: i I think that was speculation rumor false
1: that'd be a lot of money to pay a coach there's no way or a college there's no way that happened yeah no quickly how that gained a little momentum though just like here's what was said
3: but this is the problem this is the problem with Twitter and the internet and anybody can post anything these days and it yeah. doesn't really require any kind of verification whatsoever. People just post stuff out there and willy-nilly. I would say so, yeah. All right. Without credence, without clear water, without a revival. <laughs> so 2030 and 2031 for the Irish and the Hoosiers. They have not played each other since 1991. That's a bit of an iconic game. First of all, I believe it was the first game as part of the NBC-Notre Dame contract. So Dick Enberg on the call. And secondly, the play every Notre Dame fan remembers about that game. Rick Meyer hit Irv Smith with a pass at about the 25-yard line. And Irv Smith literally dragged two Indiana defenders 25 yards to the end zone for the touchdown. So go back and YouTube that one if if you want you're going to have problems YouTubing Notre Dame's last visit to Indiana it hasn't happened since 1950 now I understand IU football hasn't been much to write home about but you would think two teams within the same state would have somehow collided more than once since 1950 not the case
1: isn't it fascinating how in advance they are working on schedules?
3: It is ten
1: um, years. Yeah.
3: Some somebody asked me yesterday, "Who knows what football teams are playing ten years from now?" Yeah. I said athletic departments with football programs do. <laughs> we got to get this on the books. Yeah, absolutely. So we're that, very busy. Actually, somebody mentioned the other day or yesterday after this came out, the 2031 schedule is practically done for Notre Dame now, assuming they stay in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And, and see, that's the thing. These schedules, you project ahead, but nobody knows what the college sports landscape is going to
1: look like in hey, nine or 10 years. Hey, let's also maybe throw in a possible other pandemic. We don't know. We didn't know last year. Right. That could be a wrench in the system. Again.
3: So, schedules,
1: while they're nice, they don't
3: mean that much. And lots of things can happen between now and then.
1: But, apparently they work because you and I are talking about it right now.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it it is fodder for the fans, especially in the offseason. Part of that, I think part of the reason fans are talking about this is the resurgence in IU football under Tom Allen. The other thing is because... We really can't see as much about Notre Dame football this spring as we've been accustomed to because those of us in the media can't attend practices. We are limited to these three-minute clips that Notre Dame gives us of what spring football practices look like. Talk about controlling the narrative. Exactly. Mm. And so, sure, you're going to get all the highlights. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see the balls thrown into the ground or the drops or things like that by quarterbacks and receivers whatever. The the storylines continue to be for this Notre Dame football team in the spring. The transition at quarterback from Ian Book to Jack Cohen who will be a one-year bridge to possibly Tyler Buckner, maybe Drew Pine. The rebuilding of the offensive line where you lose four of the five starters along that offensive line, and the fact that from the clips that we've seen, there might be two freshmen starting on the offensive line. Rocco Spindler and Blake Fisher have both been seen in first-team action together. And then what is Marcus Freeman going to do with this defense? We might know more about Freeman and the defense after today, he'll meet with the media after practice that's going on as we record this, and we'll see what kind of development that he's making. You know, the comments we've heard about the defense so far is, well, we don't have to think as much. We're, we're reading and reacting. You know, it's, it's more free-flowing. A lot of that is because, well, you haven't had time to learn the defense as much. You know, Clark Lee's defense had been in for three years by last year, so he's expecting you to know a lot more about what's going on. That's why you have to think maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Marcus Freeman, it's like a new teacher coming in and giving you a new program, and you're adding it gradually. So right now you're just playing basic football, and you're you're flying to the football, you're learning new things. So... We'll have a chance May 1st to see a little bit more about what this team has. You won't be able to go to the game because Notre Dame has not opened up campus to outsiders yet. But you will be able to watch the game as it is shown on Peacock, the NBC streaming network.
1: Have you heard uh, how many students have been vaccinated at the school? They're at over 90%. Wow. All right.
3: They're at over 90%. So, the thought being, now, I saw this week the George Strait concert scheduled for August was canceled.
1: Canceled. Not postponed?
3: It Maybe it is postponed. Okay. Maybe it is postponed. That said, uh, that's in August. You know, football season starts at home the second week of September. Canceled. So... You take a look at that, and it makes you think, okay, well, what's the stadium going to look like this year? When are they going to get to the point where they're going to say there's enough people vaccinated that we trust the public to come to the game? And then what parameters are they going to put on it? You know, there are some places I saw some college baseball highlights from Mississippi over the weekend. They had a full house. Texas Rangers have been playing in front of capacity crowds most of the NBA is letting at least some fans in. The Chicago Bulls still don't let anybody in.
1: Yeah.
3: So what are the parameters that we're going to see this year for sports in the area?
1: Where did it end last year, how many in the stadium? Last year it was a crowd of about twelve, fifteen thousand, but it was all student body, student family body, and friends. Faculty faculty and family. Staff, family.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: I predict the week before.
3: They might. They might wait until the very last minute to to make things happen. hmm
2: Look Trailers is searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. If you're looking for work in a great atmosphere that's focused on safety, working smart, and bettering the team every day, then Look Trailers is for you. They're located only 24 minutes from Goshen and just nine minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Their family of brands include Look Trailers, Pace American, Cargo Express, and Everline Trailers. Fly online at looktrailers.com today. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer.
3: But Notre Dame football put out the Notre Dame football account wanted people to uh, audition for the PA announcer's job that's open. I know how much work Mike Collins put in to do a professional job at what he did. Mm-hmm. I I find it hackish and amateurish that Nerdame would put this out acting as though some schmo off the street can come in and do that job.
1: That's what it felt like to you when That's you saw That's what though. it
3: felt like to me when I saw that. Okay. Uh, I and you might say, oh, you, you know, you're being really uppity and you're being, you know. Mm, I don't think so.
1: I, I don't think people understand how much work yeah, you don't, that takes to pull off. You don't want uh, somebody who's got uh, middle school experience to be in there. Maybe some, no- obviously, knowledge of the game. It, well, here's what it takes to be a PA announcer at Notre Dame. Give it to me. You said. Knowledge I, of the game. Right. Some, some uh, experience yeah. on a microphone in front of a, a pretty big crowd. Right. Um, professionalism. Professionalism. Uh, knows how to problem solve real quick. I bet you there's some things you need to kind of know how to do. Yeah.
3: You have a lot of voices talking in your ear.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: a lot of the time that the PA announcer is doing their work is not while the game's going on. It's during those lengthy NBC timeouts where you're introducing the professor from the Mendoza School of Business that they're honoring or the, the flyover crew or yeah,
1: whomever. Let's get the names right. Let's get the timing right. Exactly. Those
3: two things are the biggest thing. So for them to put out on Twitter, hey, and I know, I, uh, I get it. They're just having fun. This is probably not how they're recruiting someone. But there's, but there's a lot of people out there that don't see it that way.
1: Yeah. You know what? There's also a technique that I'm always uh, appreciative of is the cadence of the speaking because of the slapback and the echo. Yes. Somebody just yelling stuff into a microphone as opposed to understanding the way your voice works in a ballpark.
3: Well, and, and the other thing is, yes, you want to create enthusiasm at the right moments. Yeah. But on the other hand... You can't just be, oh, I not
0: touch that! Oh, my God!
3: You can't do that.
1: I would, uh, and no offense to Four Winds Field, I thought the audio was horrible on Saturday. It was. Something was off or mm-hmm. where we were sitting, but it sounded horrible. Yeah, at least where we were. Now, yeah. maybe
3: back in the main stands, it was
1: fine. Something's off out in uh, Outfield. Yeah,
3: Out by the Tiki Hut. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I'll have to go watch that video, See see what uh, see what it is. I'd sure love to see you in that seat, though you're not alone in saying that
3: i I don't see that happening, but who knows if they were
1: to call, we'd talk and they say, "Hey, come on over, strap on the microphone let's just let's just see how this sounds would you
3: oh, i'm I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to talk okay
1: yes. do you need an agent?
3: Do I need an agent? No,
1: no. All right. Do you need a handler? <laughs> you being Jonathan, me being your armor bearer. Do no, you need that kind I, of thing? I, I don't think I need that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that story.
3: Nevertheless, that's the football look at Notre Dame. The basketball look at Notre Dame. And you might say, are you talking Notre Dame basketball? They haven't been relevant. They weren't relevant during the season. Why are you talking about that? Well, they have two recruits from South Bend. And you know about these. J.R. Konesny from St. Joe, Blake Wesley from Riley. Both of them named to the Indiana Boys All-Star squad yesterday. A great honor for both. There are only 14 players on the Indiana All-Stars. They This team traditionally plays a two-game series against the Kentucky All-Stars. One game played in Kentucky, the other game played in Indiana.
1: Do these young men know each other outside of the game? Oh, yeah. They're
3: close. Oh, okay. They are they are close. They have played on the same AU team before. They know each other quite well. Okay. So, Jr. and Blake become the first South Bend players, multiple players from South Bend, named to the Indiana All-Star team since 1979. In 79, uh, there were three South Bend players on the team. There were two from... Adams, I believe it was Sutton, Leroy Sutton, and Lynn Mitchum. And then Eric Williams from South Bend, Washington, was also named to the team in 79. But it's been a long time since South Bend has had a duo like this in the same season. So congratulations to both of them. You might say, well, that's kind of a no-brainer. We've heard about them all year. This is a very talent-rich year for the senior class in the state of Indiana. And you look at the fact that J.R. Kinesny had the kind of season that he had this year, took St. Joe all the way to the semi-state, set the county scoring record, was scoring like 28 points a game, and was only sixth in the Mr. Basketball balloting. And you might say, well, yeah, because people from the north never get any respect from Indianapolis. Some of that's true. However, if you look around the state, Caleb First young man who's going to Purdue from Blackhawk Christian, who I saw play, terrific player. He was number one. Uh, Trey Kaufman from Silver Creek, number two. He's also going to Purdue. Brooks Barnheiser was the state's leading scorer. He was fourth. The Luke Brown kid from Blackford that we talked about, ad nauseum, semi-state week, and and lived up to the billing, quite frankly. He was number three on the balloting. So, I mean, it's a very talent-rich class, and for Sapin to have two in the 14, that's great.
1: So, here comes that ignorant Corey question. No, that's fine. Do they play a game?
3: They will play two games against the Kentucky okay, All-Stars. Kentucky. Okay. One in Kentucky and one in Is New that Hammers. who
1: they always play as Kentucky? Yes. They never do uh, Ohio or Michigan? Nope. nope. wonder why. It's just a tradition that's been tradition. set up since the
3: late 30s. Okay. Do we know when that game is? That is in June. I think it's the second weekend of June. I want to say like the 11th and 12th. Is that
1: anything you guys would do?
3: No, we, we probably won't show that. I'm, I'm not sure it would be made available
1: for us to oh,
3: show. okay. Uh, All right. If it is, maybe, but
1: we'll see. Tell me about this Steph Curry character in the NBA. My gosh.
3: I don't know if you saw the shot he made Saturday night against the Boston Celtics. The video of it's been out there quite a bit over the weekend. He, got, he was getting ready to take a three-pointer. His foot happened to be on the line. He gets fouled and has to shift the ball to his left hand. He's right-handed. He shifts the ball to his left hand and flips it in from 25 feet away for the bucket and the bump. He is on an unconscious shooting tear right now. He scored 49 last night against the 76ers. He's 33 years old, and he is the first player at age 33 or older to score 30 points or more in 11 consecutive games. I mean, he's putting up unheard-of numbers right now. I think over that stretch, he has uh, averaged averaged 38 points a game. Mm. He has six games with 10 or more three-pointers this season. No other player, Corey, has more than five of those kind of games in their career. In their career. And he's done it six times this
1: season. We had a little birthday party on Sunday for my mother-in-law. We had a couple basketball games playing. You know who I thought uh, gave a great effort, and I can't believe I'm saying this for the New York Knicks, is Derrick Rose. That dude was working that court. He plays hard. Like,
3: I'd say harder than the other guys. Well, these days he kind of has to, because of all the injuries he suffered. His yeah. game is not what it was. Was he a he was, Nick or was he a Net? He he was a Nick. A Nick, okay, yeah. yeah. And he has helped the Knicks, and the Knicks are actually a playoff worthy team for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, when he was with the Bulls, of course, he was at the peak of his career, and that's when he had his MVP seasons. And then he suffered devastating leg injuries, and unfortunately changed the chart of his career because he could have been a terrific, terrific player. Uh, but yeah, the Bulls now find themselves, they got a win last night over the Celtics, 102-96. Nikola Vucevic with 29 for Chicago. You have to remember, when you look at NBA standings right now, Corey, top six teams will automatically get in the playoffs. Seven, eight, nine, and 10 play in this god-awful NBA play-in tournament. Now, the NBA did this last year because the season kind of got stopped in the middle and restarted, and how are we going to do this and maximize, But and you could kind of understand why they went with the gimmick then. You've got pretty much a full season this year. Typical NBA season is 82 games, it's going to be 72 this year. You've got pretty much a full season. There's no reason to do this gimmick now.
1: And those top six teams, we're not going to see full throttle, I'm guessing, because they want to save it for playoffs. Well, it
3: depends on whether – see, if there's not much margin between six and seven and all of a sudden you have to go in this playoff tournament, you're going to be going full throttle. Yeah. Now, the one, two, threes who might be pretty well secure, they probably don't have to. They can probably back it off the last month. But if you're trying to stay out of this play-in tournament and and get yourself a bye into the actual first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to play hard to make sure that that happens. The Bulls find themselves right now near the 10 spot, but they're not there yet. So they need to play hard just to get into the play-in tournament and then hope to have a chance to get eliminated by somebody really good in the East.
1: Let's get into hockey.
3: Boy, the Blackhawks are really struggling right now. The team that they really have to beat to get into the playoffs is Nashville, and they lost head-to-head with them last night 5-2. So that doesn't help the Hawks' playoff chances at all because obviously the Predators pick up a couple of points, whereas the Blackhawks fail to. However, in talking about this, I think you should relay your story about Nashville play-by-play voice Pete Weber, who may be a future Yak guest because he at one time was the voice of Notre Hockey. Yeah. but you had, somehow, you <laughs> had an encounter with Pete Weber last night, and I really want to know what happened here.
1: I got invited to a Zoom movie call, uh, a group of people out of Nashville, Tennessee. They pick a movie each week. They all watch it. It's kind of like a church small group, but they you know, they kinda open up the conversation a bit. And they were gonna talk about Derek Delgadio's Hulu show in and of itself, which I am a fan of. I watched it uh three times, then I I bought his book that he put out, listened to that all the way through in one drive. And so uh a friend of mine who's in this group invited me to be in there with another guy who's an artist manager in town. And so I got into the Zoom a little bit early and I see some people and so I'm introducing myself on my phone. And I see a Claudia Weber. And I said, Claudia, how are you? How do you know my friends? And we know this and this and this. And and she goes, never mind my husband, though. And and I hadn't seen him yet. I hadn't swiped to look. He's at work. And I swipe over, and I see a guy in a suit, you know, much like what you wear at a broadcast. Right. I see some sort of microphone. I see some sort of headset. <laughs> And I see kind of what looks like a media booth. And I said, oh, what does your husband do? And she goes, funny, you should ask that you're calling from South Bend. My husband uh, attended the University of Notre Dame. He's the play-by-play guy for the Nashville Predators. And he loves this Zoom call. And I see him nodding along. (laughs) And he didn't want to miss this conversation. So he had an earbud in one ear and his announcer headset stuff in the other year while he was getting ready to call the game, listening to our conversation. And there was one moment where all of a sudden he just stood up, and I go, oh, what's going on here? And I saw the hand go over the heart, and I was like, wow, the national anthem's being played. And he kind of gave us a wink and a nod. And then right when the game started, he waved to us, and off he went. Wow. But I was told, I had to duck out early. I was told in the in between, he pops in. Oh, I believe it. Popped in because he wanted to be a part of the conversation. Pete is a talented guy. He did Notre
3: Dame hockey for years on the popcorn popper known as WNDU-AM and was able to parlay that into a career where he has done, did the Buffalo Sabres for a long time. Yeah, He was a huge figure up in Buffalo in the 70s. He would do uh, Buffalo minor league baseball, the Sabres, I think he also did the Buffalo Bills
1: for a time. I could have sworn she dropped a the Super Bowl years. Yeah, he was doing that. Uh He was with the Kings for did a some while. Work
3: for, with the L.A. Kings and my man Bob Miller, and then uh, he has been the voice of the Predators, I believe, since the franchise came to Nashville.
1: Wow. So, so I flat out asked his wife. I was like, "Man, we'd love to have him on." She
3: said, "We'll make it work." I'm I'm sure Pete would, because I know Pete too. Uh, with that kind of Notre Dame hockey connection, yeah. Um, in fact, just talked to him on the phone a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and so yeah. If the uh, when the Stanley Cup playoffs come around, we'll have to get
1: let's get him on. on the phone. All right. How about that baseball team at Notre Dame? You got to be excited about that sixth? sixth, sixth
3: in the nation. Hard to believe uh, the job that Link Jarrett has done. They won two out of three again over the weekend against North Carolina State. Nico Cavadas, the young man out of Penn, is having a phenomenal year. 13 homers in 25 games. He leads the nation in home runs per game. Notre Dame has played fewer games than a lot of teams, so he's only fifth in the nation in home runs. But if he had played a, as many games as some of these guys have, he'd probably be leading the country in that category. He... You never know exactly what teams are looking for in the draft, but in my mind, he's easily a second-round pick and maybe a first-round draft pick in the Major League Draft come June. He can just flat-out hit it. As you may recall, when we had Link Jarrett on the show, I compared his hitting style to Kyle Schwarber. They're both left-handed. They both wear number 12. They're both stockily built, and they both hit the ball a long, long way. Mm -hmm. So... Nico's having a great season. The team is having a great season. They have not been ranked this high since 2006, back when Paul Maneri was the head coach. Uh, This is a great team to watch. If you have ACC Network or ACC Network Extra within your streaming capabilities, I would advise watching them. They have a big series at Boston College this weekend. But, uh, yeah, for them to be number six in the country considering where they were just a couple of years ago, is almost unthinkable.
1: No. Feels like it was about time for some new leadership, and they've bought in.
3: Oh, Link Jarrett has done a superb job with this team and can't say enough good things. He's yet to lose an ACC series. I mm. mean, they've they've won seven straight series this year. That hasn't happened since they played back in the Big East.
2: Look Trailers is searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at 21 to $25 per hour. If you're looking for work in a great atmosphere that's focused on safety, working smart, and bettering the team every day, then Look Trailers is for you. They're located only 24 minutes from Goshen and just 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Their family of brands include Look Trailers, Pace American, Cargo Express, and Everline Trailers. Fly online at LookTrailers.com today. Look Trailers as an equal opportunity employer.
3: Luce emoji of Blue and Gold Illustrated. Uh, and those of us who cover Notre Dame football, it's a, it's a fairly close-knit community. We've sure. had some of these guys on the show. We're working on getting a couple more onto the show here in, in the coming days. Uh, but loose emoji was somebody that I worked with at The Observer when I was in school. He and I were on the sports staff together. And his his story is just incredible. His mom worked in the dining hall at Notre Dame, and the reason she took that job is so that her son could go to Notre Dame because at the time, back in the 80s, if you worked on campus, uh, your kids could go to Notre Dame for
1: free. I remember seeing his name in many observers by yours when I did that little deep dive for sure. a while. Yeah. Like for a couple of years, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: So we've known each other for a long time. And, and Lou was just, he was one of the kindest, gentlest souls you'd ever want to come across. But he loved Notre Dame, and particularly Notre Dame football. And I don't know of any human being other than Jeff Jeffers who probably knew as much minutia and detail as Lou Samoji did. For example, uh, there was a day... Mm, let's say this would be about seven or eight years ago when Everett Golson was playing at Nerding. Yeah, okay. And he ran for three touchdowns in a game. And the sports info staff is scurrying around trying to find out when's the last time somebody, a Nerding quarterback, ran for three touchdowns in a game. And they're going through box scores. And finally they said, Lou, do you happen to, Paul Horning, 1956, North Carolina.
1: <laughs> that kind of knowledge.
3: I mean, you want to know who the offensive line was on the 1977 Notre Dame national championship team?
1: Wow, Lou's
3: got it. But it, you know, you sometimes you find people like that, and they have they have that ability, but no other. Lou could write articles that would explain to the Notre Dame fandom, which we know is a very rabid fandom, why things were the way they were, and put them into a tone which kind of calmed them down a little bit. It informed them, but it's also like, we've seen this before, it's going to be okay. Mm. That type, his, his his information was so well conveyed and so well communicated... And I think part of that is because he wrote like he was. He wrote in such a kind and gentle and merciful tone that when you read that it's like, okay, I, I I don't have to be as quite as fired up about this. Backing me off the ledge. Right. Um and he was great. The other thing about Lou behind the scenes is he would he would give you a little handwritten note. Um he had a he had a reader write in one one time that, for some reason, they started talking about uh, you know their dog and how they missed their, do- you know um, they didn't see the last issue because they were bu- busy burying their dog, mm. and he wrote them a handwritten note included the dog's prayer in there. I mean that's just he didn't have to do that. Yeah, this was just another subscriber. They weren't going anywhere. They were still going, but he took the time to make that personal connection with people. And that was something he did a lot. When colleagues were in trouble, uh, when colleagues needed help, there was Lou. Mm. Never heard him complain once. I mean, you know, the print industry today is not an easy industry to be in. Never heard him complain about that, mainly because he was doing what he loved. He was covering Notre Dame, and he loved doing it, and he had a passion for the place that is well, uh, you know, I mentioned the other day, I hope Jeffers was on the welcoming committee for him because the the minutiae that would go on in that discussion <laughs> is beyond belief.
1: So much to catch up on. <laughs> but uh,
3: well-respected by his peers, well-respected by those he covered and uh, died of a heart attack Saturday after playing a tennis match, which he loved playing tennis too, uh, at the age of 58. So we're going to miss our friend.
1: Mm. Well, we uh, took a couple of days off so Chuck could celebrate, uh, but we're back at it, and we'll get on a proper schedule here. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Now, you're on Twitter, right? At 46 Sports. I'm told that uh, t-shirts might be made of that phrase right there. It's become the catchphrase of the post-pandemic. Really? You're on Twitter, right? Yeah, at 46 Sports.
3: Well, when people aren't watching Matt Foley videos after listening to the show.
1: Well, that'll... That'll happen, and that'll bless you. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, old Hoss Radburn.
2: <laughs> We've had some fun, and yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run, it's Sports Jack. Sport Jack. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.
1: Sports Yak podcast brought to you by Look Trailers. Searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders starting at 21 to $25 per hour. Located only 24 minutes from Goshen, nine minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Visit looktrailers.com. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward.